While this may be your first introduction to Carrie Irons, our VP of Brand Marketing, I assure you it won't be the last time you hear her name. Carrie joins the Topgolf family after an impressive 22 years with Journeys. There, she was able to create some iconic and groundbreaking event activations that helped catapult their overall brand awareness and booming business. While leading the charge, she tells us that she still faced the dreaded imposter syndrome and speaks about how she overcame that feeling with us. So my dad was an engineer, my mom was a librarian. He did projects, so he was an environmental and a chemical and civil engineer. So That's he would incredible. go in and do projects for like the city and like figure out if it's a waste management plant or if it was cleaning up a river, he would go and lead the project and as soon as that was done, we would, we would move. So I went from like Florida to Nashville, back to Florida, back to Nashville, then from Nashville out to Portland, and that was my senior year in, in high school. So I left okay. the summer before my senior year of high school to go to Portland, Oregon. And then you uh-huh. stayed there for college. For and undergrad. I was like, this is the most amazing city ever. Because, I mean, it was 92. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, grunge scene was I coming was like, down. tell us everything about 92 Portland. I, <laughs> I'm being serious. Super grunge. <laughs> yeah. All the music culture was happening. All the fashion was coming out of the Northwest. Where you had Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Pearl Jam, and all these incredible bands left Brentwood, Tennessee. It was country and it wasn't very diverse. And I'm a teenager and I'm seeing MTV at the time, which drove, I mean, MTV was, it drove. That was it. Right? Like that's, we were all gathered around. Whatever happened there, you were kind of following that along. So do you think that MTV in the nineties is TikTok for today? I mean, I remember you would stay up and watch like the release of a music video. Oh, yeah. And that would change everything. I'd the next race day. home to see TR. But what's crazy about MTV versus TikTok is we all experienced it at the same time. Yeah. No one is experiencing things at the same time anymore. Right. Or they're experiencing whatever's been adjusted curated. or curated for them. Right. So that's what's crazy is my moments are different than your moments. But as a teenager, they're not all together experiencing the same things. Yeah. At the same time, and the trends are moving at lightning speed versus... You have to be making the trend. You can't be following the trend. It's crazy. Got to try a lot of things, like go snowboarding for the first time. That's where I started a band. So I was in, like, a rock band. Amazing. What was your role in the band? Singer in the band. This makes so much sense. Oh, it's coming together now. Because she sings like a songbird, and I had the opportunity to experience it firsthand. So, yeah, so great time in Portland, and then I went off to school at Oregon. And what came after school? So right after school. So yeah, graduated. And then I had saved up a bunch of money because I wanted to go travel Europe. We just wanted to go. So my best friends and I left and went to Europe with our money that we saved up. Did you take a pack? It was a full backpack. Oh yeah. It was a full youth hostel backpack across Europe. We started off in Amsterdam and then went to Germany, Austria, spent a lot of time in Italy, went through France. Yeah, it was amazing. How long did you spend? A couple months. Yes. It was awesome. I went yes. for six weeks, and it was not enough time. I think the biggest part of that experience for me was just finding my way without a lot of resources and trusting yes. myself in countries that I didn't speak the language. And I think a lot of that translates, like, the confidence, like, I can make it anywhere. I can do this. I can be lost somewhere and figure it out. You're so right. Like you landed there. There's no cell phones. There's no, you're just, you just go. And we figured it out, which you're right. That's, yeah, it's very freeing. You distrust yourself and you also 
are confronted with a lot of, you make a lot of mistakes yes. and go the wrong way on the Metra and then you have to get off and turn around. And I think you also figure out that, that you're going to be okay. Like you make mistakes and sometimes making the mistakes are the adventure. It's just the fear factor, right? I think as we get older, yeah. that is dictating so much more in your life than you realize, right? T- TJ was just talking about that yesterday night. We were talking about mm-hmm. the control and of just fear. The need like, to feel control in certain control. situations. And as you become more aware of more situations and more things that can happen around you, you want to control more of it. And if you can't control the situations, it can lead to having fear of those situations being a potential, a what if, Uh, you never know. But we start consuming all of the what ifs and holding on to them and building up a repertoire of all these what if scenarios. And then that builds your fear levels up higher because you've now got this whole Rolodex of possible what ifs. Mm -hmm. And now you have to react to every single one of those what ifs. That is what creates all of this fear in this kind of extra levels of fear as we grow older because this Rolodex of potential keeps adding and adding and adding and adding. Which is probably designed to keep us safe, like evolutionary, like Like survival. survival. But it makes me nervous because I don't ever want to stop taking risks in business and in pushing the boundaries. And I feel myself getting more and more timid as I get older, both in my personal life and, and work life. I don't know. Do you experience that? It's an awareness thing, too, you know? Just calling out the awareness of how you're feeling and what you're thinking about can make such a difference. Stakes feel so much higher now, but I don't know that they are. I think that's self-imposed. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, your responsibilities obviously grow as you get older, and, you know, you're a working mother, and it's, it's important what you... Your responsibilities, again, all that pressure that you put on yourself. So it does, it, 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 it mitigates your risk taking at least for me yeah it makes you think real hard about your next move and I mean I also grew up in a family where my mother was like hey in any situation I'm just going to tell you the worst case scenario like every single time it's like you look at something and be like hey you're going Love outside that librarian to play. mom yeah. of yours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like I know you're going outside but there is a big chance that that tree you're climbing on is going to get struck by lightning so buckle up like so I grew up in this constant of what is the worst case scenario that But also, like, let's mental model it and then yeah. move on. Which I feel like I always kind of had to battle that over the years. But I've also taken way more risks than my parents did. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they, everything was so planned and so conservative in how they approached everything. Like, from making sure they drove their car for 20 years and you know what I mean just totally being very methodical with it was ingrained in them it yes. wasn't like yes. it wasn't even a second thought that yeah. so um, when you yeah. when you come back from your trip how long before you go and start your career with journeys so I got back and I'll fast forward I, I got a job at a company that is now bankrupt it was bankrupt when I took the job did you oh it, it was, was already bankrupt all right congratulations to me first job out of college was <laughs> the bankrupt <laughs> Your parents, you're like, they Mom, were so proud I already know what the worst case scenario yeah. is because uh, I know this company because uh, it already is worst case scenario <laughs> yeah. it was a good safe choice so I got this job <laughs> but what was amazing about the job is that because they couldn't hire anybody because they were bankrupt they had openings for positions doing jobs I never 
should have been qualified to do. So they were like, hey, we have an opening in marketing. I know it says you need like five years experience in this. I've been here a week. Great. So I had zero. <laughs> You've already proven yourself. Yes. I've been there for one week straight. You're clearly a marketing yes. genius. <laughs> so I jumped into a position that I should not have had, but it, had, it was a cubicle and it was a corner cubicle. Whoa. So that was a big move. And I was really excited about that job, but it was as a marketing coordinator. And I did that for almost a year. And then the person that started the e-commerce business at that company jumped to journeys and then recruited me over. And I was like, I, let me think about it because I've got a corner cubicle right. and things are going and really place. well, even though they just fired 13,000 people yesterday, I'm still here. Only half of the building's on fire. <laughs> so the I, other half is yeah. fine. And what's funny is that I remember telling my boss that I took the job that Judy was like, are you sure? Like, I mean, you've got a great, you've got a great job. Are you sure? So we still, to this day, we still joke about that. So, so anyways, against her business advice of leaving a bankrupt company to go to Journeys, which was literally like on a rocket, on a, yeah, on a tear. I took that job, so and it was great, and I, it was it was a tear. I mean, I had it was a blast. I mean, obviously, I was there for twenty two years, but I mean, the company reminds me a lot of what we're going through here. Just at the time, it was a couple hundred doors. We were starting to open up 100 stores a year. Everybody was like, hair was on fire, flying by the sea of their pants. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here. No, but, it, oh, but fast growth, it's high fast growth, fast growth. moving. Yes, like you're scaling at a rapid pace. You're having to rethink your processes. You're having to rethink how you operate. So all Yesterday's things, plan is not today's plan. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, marketing like, plans. Yeah. Those last for, what, two months now at this at the rate we're going? And they shouldn't last much longer, yeah. right? As we were saying before, like, trends change so fast. Mm-hmm. The world today just changes really quickly. Yeah. And especially a marketing team, I feel like, it has to be adapting, right? You have your principles, and you're grounded in who you are, but there are a lot of opportunities to express that. Um, and, and those opportunities are moving really quickly, and they're changing. Yes. I mean, I always, we used to have to put together like a three-year plan, which to me is, that's great for capital investments. I mean, right now with marketing, a lot of changes are happening in terms of the analytical side of the business. So I think for me, it's more of building out the roadmap of people, making sure you're building a plan for growth, making sure that they are getting the right training and you're thinking outward because marketing tactics are changing literally month to month so you're building your plan based on our north star goals so obviously we know where we're heading and here's the tactics underneath but you also have to be super flexible yeah because those tactics are going to change right fast the only thing that isn't going to change is the fact that they're going to change oh yeah which is amazing interesting to me is that everyone including me right i've been around here for 14 years you want to think that you're so unique and you're so and then you I get to hear from leaders like you and others they're like yeah like we ran through this and the benefit of that is it helps us see around the bend a bit Mm -hmm. um and it it might not be the exact same tactics but there's a lot of comfort in, in you knowing like you know when you get to this point we're going to have to scale this side of the of the talent pool. And when yeah. we get to this point, this is what we're going to need yeah. resources in or let's watch out for these things and this is how we can plan ahead. Does it feel a little bit good to be like, 
I have half the playbook, you know, like I've ran through this. I've scaled a business at a really fast pace in a lot of different spaces. It's scary when you jump into an entirely new business, right? I came from retail business and the footwear industry. And all of a sudden I'm dropped into like the hospitality entertainment business technology too. So I was like, am I going to be able to apply what I knew from my previous life and put that into this life? And the answer is absolutely yes. But it's a terrifying kind of bridge because you're like, the industries are so different, but a lot of the problems, not problems, but we'll call them opportunities. Opportunity areas. Challenges <laughs> and opportunities. A lot of the, it's, they're, they're similar, right? Like yeah. you're having to scale your tech behind the scenes. The business is growing, so you have to think ahead of where you need to strategically invest, right? So yeah. that has to be considered. And then the market shifting. So just like it was, you know, for journeys, the same thing is happening here is understanding the market and understanding your consumers and how they're changing. So a lot of the kind of thinking and strategy of my previous life has prepared me for this. Well, you grew your career pretty rapidly at Journeys. Can you share a little bit about sure. that? I mean, you left Journeys in a very senior role. So can you walk us through what that was like? I mean, I think going back to risk and fear, I think that the turning point for me where I stuck my neck out there and basically knew like my boss at the time was like, I'm going to give you enough rope, pretty much was the statement. Okay. Like, literally. And it took three years to get this off the ground. So, so it, was a, it was a significant project for us. It was building our own Journeys branded festival tour that had skate, it had vert ramps, it had motocross, it had stages built in. It was built out of a mall parking lot. So we had to bring in agencies, we had to work with our brands. So it took, that took a couple of years to get off the ground. And I had to go to conferences and trade shows and sit booth by booth and sit down with like at the time, DC and audio and bands and Converse and say, we've got this idea. I want to take all your athletes. I want to bring them to a mall parking lot. I want to showcase them. I want them to skate. I want them to do huge vert. I'm going to bring in a band. It's going to be amazing. And all you guys are going to have to play together in the same sandbox because we're all under the same retail roof. So it was building that out and convincing the team and my boss at the time that this is the biggest financial risk for marketing we've ever taken. Right. So it was a huge risk. I couldn't quite tell them at the time what it was going to mean for the brand. I couldn't tell them at the time what the return was going to be on our investment. But I did know that it was the right thing to do for the brand at the time because at this moment, again, going back to MTV, you had Tony Hawk and Sean White and Ryan Sheckler they had shows on TV. Rob Deerdick had shows on TV. Bam Majera had shows. So culturally, skate was driving culture. And so I'm like, we need to jump on this. And let's go. Let's build this out. Let's use their athletes, their money. Let's do this. We'll combine it. So I just remember showing up in Phoenix, Arizona, and I think it was 2006, and Vans was on the ground with us, and we had constructed this, like, 30,000-square-foot playground for athletes for motocross with which was metamalusia we had the bands lined up and the next day my boss and my boss's boss and all the bosses were all flying out and it was a very intense moment just because I was young in my career yeah I had put everything on the line they were like 
we're going to let you do this, but good luck if it fails, you're out. It was kind of like right. a, a line in the sand. You'll be me. the one that takes the fall Totally. For this. And I was like, I'm. And I'm we'll the, be the ones that'll be celebrated if it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, I mean, long story short, it was extremely stressful. I ended up in the hospital the night before with gallstones because I was stressed. so stressed. Anyways, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. The vet turned out great. It made a huge run for several years, but that kind of was the turning point of confidence for me that I could have a voice and I can actually impact the business and be listened to, which is a huge shift in your career when you're able to come to the table, throw it all on the line, have a seat to say, I believe in this, speak up. And I wasn't senior at the time at all, but I had a boss that was like, all right, I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to give you what you need to get it done. Yes. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. How did you know? How did you know it was the right thing? It had never been done before. How did you know? You don't know. But you said, I knew we had to do it. It just, it just. Something inside of me. Sometimes you just have to trust yourself. I mean, I get it. There's, you could die by a thousand, what is it? Paper cuts. Yeah. Analysis paralysis. Yeah, analysis paralysis and talk yourself out of it. We go back to fear. I think a lot of our decisions are based, obviously, in in the level of fear that you're willing to take on. And at the time, part of it was going back to, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So I was young enough in my career that I didn't have far to fall. And I was like, this is the right thing. So let's do this. And I think as we grow in our careers, we might lose that I guess that just the tolerance for risk, the uh, the ability to just say this is the right thing to do and let's just go for it because there's more on the line. So I think you kind of have to like remind yourself to stay with your gut. I think gut and science have to play together. Yeah. But sometimes your life experience and your I mean, just having being dialed into what you do, you have to trust yourself. And now do you find yourself as a leader when someone maybe like you're not bringing that big idea but you are open to the big ideas I think you have to be like because you listened to your instincts and you trusted yourself like now you're you I, you know I'm sure as a VP of brand like you get a lot of ideas pitched at you and do you feel like because you've taken some risks and you've listened to yourself and trusted yourself that you're able to pick the ones they're like, okay, let's try it. I mean, I think it's calculated risk now, right? So I think whenever we build a marketing budget, you have to leave. I, this is going slush fund. That's like a terrible word, oh, right? Wiggle, cover wiggle, your wiggle ears to yeah. finance. Yeah, yeah, finance. Yeah. I'm like, what's the word that I could say that does not <laughs> margin get, of error? Yeah, yeah. FB and A just swerved <laughs> off the road, or they like dropped their laundry basket. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah, you have to leave like a certain percentage of unknown every year and that needs to be like your test like you've got to be able but that's to... also strategic it's because just you call that know. calculated risk it is yeah, calculated because risk. you know you should always that's do that like ever-changing environment fund yes yeah. you have your your core foundational marketing activities and tactics you know you have to execute against check but there always should be that extra amount of money and i guess 
Let's set up a skate park music festival. Think big. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of risks. If someone... Let's invite 20,000 people to the Albuquerque Mall parking lot. When it's summer and it's 105 degrees. You get the best price. Yeah. Right? And I mean, and then you think about the risk of like, what if someone gets Mm -hmm. hurt or all the things. But I mean... I think that that's something that you, we, I mean, and Topgolf is positioned perfectly for that, though. I mean, we're a fun, pl- our brand is rooted in play. Yes. So there's, that's never ending. That's like endless ideas that can pop from that. So tactics to drive the business, I get, but you still have to keep that kind of open-mindedness. Yes. It's calculated. Yeah. Risk. Calculated Always. risk. Calculated risk. So how did you calculate the risk? Or maybe you're too f- close to it because when did you join the top golf team february 13th 2023 yes <laughs> yeah and you had been with journeys for 22 years at that point is that right yes so yeah 22 years which seems to me like a very terrifying it was terrifying no it was absolutely terrifying especially because you you built a brand that you love that you did so much you've done so many cool things with and for we're obviously all the better for it, um, but I'm sure that decision did not come it was, lightly. No. It was... <laughs> tears shed. Lots of tears, lots of conversations with my family, even my even my mom. I had to get her perspective. Yeah. She's like, top golf. She's like, is, she's like, I don't know what this is, but... Never been heard of. Yeah. No one's heard of it. <laughs> Big risk. So, wait, the question of making the jump? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was tough. No, but I mean... I think I was at a point where I looked at what what was going on and obviously had done a lot of homework on Top Golf and yeah. had a chance to meet several people and talk to them and along the way and of course getting to know you know talk to Jeff and you know I've known him Jeff Control our chief yes. brand officer so and I knew resident bad a. Dollar sign. Yeah. <laughs> two dollar signs. Because yeah. that would just be, yeah, well, yeah, two dollar signs. So, yeah, so I knew Jeff when he had worked at Converse as a chief marketing officer. We didn't work side by side, but our teams worked adjacent. So I, I have known him and kind of tracked his career over the time we stayed in touch. But how does the transition to Top Golf oh begin? Um, well, just getting over the yeah, like how do you, fear of what taking the job. Yeah. I mean, talk about going. So you mentioned, yes, I was senior vice president of marketing. It sounds like this really fancy title. It is. It is a it, fancy it title. Sound, it's a, okay. But and a fancy job and an important job. However, that did not prevent me from having an entire amount of fear, again, about taking a risk changing industries, leaving behind all these people that I had grown up with, team that I really cared for. You had your babies there. You got probably you get married while you were things. there. Like yeah. good and bad. All the yeah. things happened there. So what is that transition like? Like what is, how does that start? How do you make those decisions? Okay, so once I made the decision, which went through a process to kind of again say that it's 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 is time. Like I'm a forty five year old woman, right? I have given an enormous amount of time and energy towards journeys and helped build the brand. And I'm super proud about that. And the people I worked around were amazing and I love them and I still talk to them. But at this point, I'm looking at what's happening at Top Golf and I'm saying, what an amazing opportunity and what a huge challenge. Like they're on, again, you guys are in the middle of scaling. We, we, we. I'm getting there. <laughs> I, we are in the process of scaling the business. 
with that comes all the different kind of growing pains of things behind the scenes, right? The engine and all the things yeah. we have to think about. And you seem like you're lighting up about that. That oh, excites so, you. I get so excited thinking about the fact that this company, while it's 20 years old, is actually just getting started. Yeah, so there's so that, much to me, white space. Yeah. gets me so fired up. So yeah. I get really excited thinking about, again, the idea of being able to come in and get to know a whole new team of people and be like able to... A whole new industry. whole new industry. Really stretching yourself. It's a good opportunity I, There's for you. muscles in my brain I've never... Like, this is a whole new set of muscles, right? That's so cool. it's it's... You kind of... At some point, if you feel like you ever get in a car and you start driving and then you get to that end point and you're like, how did I just, how did get, I just get here? Oh, yes. Awareness. We talk about this all the time. How did I just it's get It's terrifying. Here? And right? you're on autopilot because there was absolutely no awareness to what you were just doing. Yeah. And you remember the first time you drove that path that might have taken 45 minutes and you you knew. You felt every You minute. felt every 45 minute of that. But then the 10th time or the 50th time, it's like gone. That's kind of wow. I... The decision to, to, to move was the idea of, of getting in the car and driving it for the first time and being hyper aware of everything, of every stop along the way. So I was super excited about the idea of, of that, right? About yeah. the idea of like, you're carving a new path. And by that, I mean, all of us are carving a path. I love white sheets of paper and saying like, what would we do if we could just start fresh mm-hmm. versus a mature company that is having to kind of completely reset yes. and kind of take some steps back, this is like full steam ahead. And so there isn't that road that's carved yet. And that is so exciting and like tremendous opportunity for everybody. It's exciting. And I love, I, I love being around the energy of teams that are in different stages of their career and how I can help them. That's super fun to me. So being able to work with people and help them grow in their careers, like at some point you go from being an employee and thinking about your career to shifting into how am I going to help others further their careers? That's a dramatic shift. And I think even in leadership where you stop thinking about what's my next promotion? What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Where am I going from here? And you start thinking, okay, how do I help these people get where they're going? What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you see yourself in three or five years or one year? So I think as a leader, when your mind shift changes to thinking about how you help people around you get to the next step, that's where I think great things happen. What so. do you think comes first? Your mindset shifts to talk, to think about how do I get those around me and those are the report to me? How do I help them get to their next step? Does it, you become a leader and then that happens or you start, that's the behavior you start to lean towards and then you become a leader. I think it always happens before you get the title. Yeah. So I would agree with that. In my experience, that's, that's, that's the, we hear a lot of people say, you know, you don't need the title to be a leader or you don't need it. I think that's what it's, that for me is, is an example of that. Like one of the behaviors you can do right now, no matter what position you're in, if you are interested in growing, is start caring about your peers and those that are, that you're, you know, maybe report to you or are less senior than you. How can you help them develop their journey? Yeah. Um, because I think that's how, that's a differentiator between a, between the, the two differences. Like, I work here and I lead here. Absolutely. Agree. 
So there's been a lot of transition, and you talk about your people development and you're caring fiercely about your people around you and having this extreme love for your journeys team that still lives on even after leaving the brand. And your focus on the people around you seems to be pretty evident. And our theme this year for the 2023 Win podcast is bridging the opportunity gap. What do you see as things throughout your career that you've done as focuses to do that, to bridge the opportunity gap for leaders around your brands? So personally, I think it's feeling like it's, we talk a lot, I'm sure we've talked on this podcast, I'm sure you've talked about imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. Right? Heavily, yeah. Heavily, right? So that never goes away. Okay. It just doesn't it's go. It just, it's it good to know. It's just like make it a friend. Yeah. It's just, just invite it in and, and yeah. yeah, embrace it. So I think it's okay for me when I joined the leadership team the first time at Journeys and I was a young female around a male, older male dominated table. I mean, you can easily get swallowed up in that environment and you kind of figure out. A, do I deserve to be here? Why am I here? Do I have anything to offer? Am I going to make an impact? Am I valuable? All the things cross your mind. However, someone believed in you and someone put you at that table. So at, after And that you, someone is probably yourself. Well, I mean, you, oh, you should... Oh, okay, so <laughs> on that note, part of, I think, what's important is you have to have a championship, like champion. Yes, yeah, so I agree with that. that. Yeah. It's important that you have a champion in the workplace. And it doesn't have to be a direct boss. It can be an adjacent boss. It could be a leader in another department. It doesn't matter. Like, find somebody that is your champion that is, it, is so important, just so you can go to and have those conversations. But anyways, rewinding back, when you, sit, when, you, when you sit at that table and you feel extremely out of place, it's, I think it was just understanding that it's okay that my upbringing, my differences, me being a female, me being a Jewish female, me being from the South, all the things that are different about me are what led me to that point of having a perspective at that table. All those things add up to being valuable. And so whether, yes, part of it was I got myself to that point. Part of it was someone opened the door for me and I'll never forget it. So it's definitely a dual kind of partnership there to get there but once I sat there and I listened for a while and I obviously felt at the beginning that they were not super excited about me being there okay what why do you because it was what was like do you remember like was it kind of like a nuance or it was just like oh it was just I came in or was it like oh no or was it like Mr. Brady put your desk in she came in and she was talking yeah Yeah. wanted to kick her out in the hallway so just I was very different than the group sitting around the leadership table but I mean I will tell you that that is the best way to build a leadership team is to find people that could not be more different than you because you want to surround yourself with people that have different perspectives, different upbringings, different learnings, different perspectives. I mean, that's, I mean, I think about the best bands in the world, right? If you remove one person out of that band, right? Like you take like a Led Zeppelin or a Rolling Stones or you take one person out and they never would have created the music that they did, right? right? It, it was an amazing moment where all these people came together and it was a right mix. So what I'm saying is there's a reason that you're at that table and what you contribute is part of the magic of what builds a business and you have to find your voice and you might not be right every single time, but you have to just, you have to go with it and you need to, you need to embrace the fact that 
you do have a different perspective and you're not there to be a yes person. I mean, that's the worst. You don't need a yes person around the table. You need a perspective. So I would say finding your voice and being okay with not being the same as everybody around the table, there's a reason for that. And there was a reason you're put in that position. And I'm not saying just get in there, you know, guns blazing and <laughs> just start talking. Right. But... Well, you already said you were like, you listen. You're, you listen, yeah. and then you figure out that, like, your perspective and your background and everything that you've learned up until that point is a reason you're sitting there. So share it. Whether or not it immediately is an impact is okay, and it may be completely wrong. I mean, I've absolutely spoken up in meetings and been so wrong, and that's okay. But it goes back to confidence. It goes back to fear. It goes back to imposter syndrome. All those things will always come into play at all levels. When you speak up and it ends up being wrong, <laughs> how do you, you, Carrie? Call it fast. Call okay, it you fast. call it fast. Call, okay, so that's how you recover. So, uh, Call it fast. Like, what's the prescription? You call it fast. I would say the least amount of finger pointing you can do in your life is probably the healthiest thing you could ever do. Okay. So just own it, own it fast. And move on. Learn from it. Uh, yes. Like if you try to deflect or you try to figure out a way to talk yourself out, I'm just like, oh, I messed up. I messed up. It wasn't right. I'm sorry. Next. Yeah. I mean, this, that just move fast. This is this. This resonates because I think um, like I think a lot of people don't speak up because they're so afraid. I'm not having the What's exact the worst right thing answer. Happen? Or they Are you wallow gonna get fired? in pity Are and then really? try to blame everybody else yeah. and then drag it on forever. That's it's like, get that's, on it. That's Let's yesterday's news. Let's move on. Let's move on. I will say well, I have more respect for people that will admit fault as fast as possible and be like, what are we going to do to fix it? Yeah. How are we moving forward? And if you spend time fumbling around trying to place blame somewhere, that does not fly. The thing is, it's okay to make mistakes. None of us are perfect. You're never perfect. As long any, as yes. you own it and you learn Own it. it. Now, I mean, there's different degrees of mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there, I'm not saying that all mistakes are excusable because, I mean, there's obviously degrees, but let's just say it's an average mistake. It's okay. You're not, what's the worst that's going to happen? Seriously. I think you're allowed to also change your mind with more information or different perspectives. Thousand and that's why the perspectives around the table are so important because you could go in with an opinion on a project or a direction, a perspective on it, and then you hear the other perspectives that maybe you didn't consider and and then you have the right with new information yeah. to change the way that you're thinking. Yeah. And going back to the seat around the table, I mean if you have a chance if you're sitting there, then there's a reason that you're there and just go, just go. Use your voice. Use your voice. I also think it's important to look around the room when, when you've maybe been at the table a few times and there's someone new at the table. Absolutely. And specifically say either openly, depending on your relationship or at a break or at a side conversation, like I think you probably have something to say here. I could see you jotting a lot of notes over there you know, kind of pull it out and give and go the extra step. It's one thing to be invited to the table, but it's another thing to intentionally be taken by the hand and said, hey, like, what do you have over there in that it brain? also is leadership, right? Yeah. Like that's showing your leadership is to recognize if someone is new or maybe isn't as, you know, 
open or confident to speak and to watch body language and to watch what they're doing and saying, okay, like, I see you. Because, I mean, I think a lot of what goes on around, I'm not going to say here, but just in general, is people want to be seen mm-hmm. and heard. Yeah, They just might not want to be seen and heard in the same way that you or you want to be seen and heard. They could be pretty intimidated or shy. So I think that's also a challenge for a leader is to kind of be watching for that and to help them. I think understanding voice. everybody's motives will help you to reveal that. Tara Berry said that, too, in our podcast, that if someone believes in you, believe them. Yeah. And it's so important. Because you can put that fear front and center, right in the driver's seat, and until you check yourself and believe in what someone else sees in you, it can stump your growth. So you take on a pretty big risk, and as you're at Journeys, right, your personal life is having a lot of fun stuff right you get you got married while you're there you have babies babies while you're there and dogs so how um how did your family react to the change and um you know oh, they thought it was awesome they thought it was awesome oh they were so they were excited. excited okay oh they think top golf is the coolest so they were and I was like what about the fact that I'm going to be commuting and I'm not going to be home every week and they were like we're great it's fine you totally support bye mom. bye yeah especially oh, when cool. that, that played into my decision making too because you always make decisions based on what's best for your family right, right. like that was heavily considered in this they're they're going to be 14 and 16 in less than a month right so they're not little before where I had to be super involved every step of the way they're at a point now where Unfortunately, which kind of makes me tear up a little bit. They don't need me as much yeah. as they used to. The absence makes the heart go fonder. I'm hoping because they seem to be really fine with me not there for <laughs> a few days a week. Because it's definitely like Stella the dog, the boys, and Andy are like, this is great. No, there no one's messing. I don't come in hot, you know, coming off. But also, is it work. great for you? It's actually really nice. So that's called a win-win. Yeah. We're having some space, you know, all of us. I talk to them every day. You're growing in ways that maybe you (laughs) haven't before, so you do a little room for that. Yeah. Podcasting now. Yeah, you're a podcaster. But it's different when they're, it is definitely different when they're little, though. So what is it like building a career while you have little littles? Like, becoming a mom while you're on the track to become a senior vice president. How did, you know, navigate that? Like, what were some of the challenges that you experienced? Um, there was a quote that was told to me years ago that really resonated me with me when I was had young, young kids because I was struggling. Because I think as working mothers, there's always guilt, always. right? And if you're doing great at work, that means something else is not going well because there's no way you can be at the same exact moment. Are you a great mother, a great wife, a great daughter, a great employee, a great boss? All those things kind of calibrate based on needs. So I think that you have to be a little bit more forgiving. I think you have to forgive yourself that you can't be great all the time at everything. And you have to know when you need to kind of move (laughs) into different categories. But it was told to me years ago, and I've lived by this, which is you can have anything. You just can't have everything. And for that, it means it's just you have to pick and choose the moments that matter. 
Now, if you didn't believe me before, I bet you do now. Her career path and a frenzied approach to taking the reins on her own destiny make her one that we can all learn from. Take it from Carrie, recognize that imposter syndrome, embrace it, and make it a friend. Then seek out that champion in the workplace that can serve as an advocate on your behalf. Those two concepts, combined with making sure you do your part and speak up, even when you're feeling shy or intimidated, can lead to some big changes in your future.